All they needed was a big lads trip to Budapest. Liverpool win, Barcelona don't, and Norwich have up their FIFA setup. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Wednesday, the 17th of February. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Pete Dobbs. Ah, it's been a long time, Luke Moore. Do you think now we're reunited, it's going to be anything like uh, Ipswich's game against Northampton last night? Did you see this? You're going to stick the nut on me, is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, I so don't... That was a really coded way of saying, it's been a long time, Luke. I've not missed you. And if you do step out of line today, I'm going to do what that referee did last night. <laughs> Get in your grill. Right in your face. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Well, it dep- yeah, I guess it depends who's the referee and who's the player in that. Pete. Well, am I, what, 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 am I getting involved? Am I the player or the referee? Because I've got, I've got a little say, bit of a beard like the ref. I would love Pete to be here. I'd love to see Pete as a top flight referee. Oh, oh yes. I would do anything apart from make any decisions. I am so <laughs> woolly. I mean, there's letting the game flow and then there's that. <laughs> just, look, the best referees, you don't notice they're there. And I wouldn't yes. be there. <laughs> I wouldn't turn up on time, but I, I really like that that clip of uh, of because it was like Alan Judge, the the player, and yeah, the, and yeah. the referee Darren Drysdale. So it's, it's effectively Judge versus Judge. Yeah, it's the unstoppable great. force paradox in shots. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I really like that crap footballer headbutt thing that that all footballers do. Right? Yeah. It's exactly yeah. the same, wasn't it? The sort of I'm touching you gently. Yeah, it means things. There's a, li- there's a list of things that when I'm watching a game of football with my American father-in-law, <laughs> I don't want to see happen. And that, because he just, he throws his arms up in the air and goes, what is this? And uh, that's one of them. The other one is when players pretend to be injured. He, he, he just like, he, he constantly and understandably just honestly asks, why do they keep doing that? Yeah. And I'm, is I'm he like, a hockey fan? Know. Yeah, he loves hockey. Yeah, right. So. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, and that is that's they are hard, but that is a ridiculous spot for maniacs. Like, yeah, at exactly. no point should you be able to just throw your gloves on the floor and start wailing on each other. That is not a sport. That's, you've, you've that's met, an authorized punch you, up, though, isn't it? That's yeah, part of yeah. the deal. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they let it happen in the NHL, I think, until one person's getting like a true advantage or there's like someone on the floor or something. But they let it go. <laughs> He's raking his skates through someone's but, neck. But, <laughs> but I remember, I, I can remember um, watching, I mean, this is, this is a digression, but very, very briefly. My, <laughs> my, I can remember my father-in-law, he was still playing like the equivalent of Sunday league ice hockey mm. in his mid-50s and still playing pretty well and still being pretty tough. Like, so, <laughs> and, and so... It's probably he's got a different measure of of what's hard and what isn't. I would I would yeah, suggest the definitely. idea of Sunday league ice hockey. It's just something else entirely, isn't it? Because you need yeah. like a lot of kit and you need yeah. a lot yeah. of muscle yeah. and you need yeah. well you need ice as well for starters. It's crucial, Kate. It really is crucial. <laughs> Otherwise, you don't get much movement going on. That's the problem. You see, people are just are just tottering around on blades of of, of metal. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> you can't do it in a car park. <laughs> How recently did you guys see the thing where before an NHL? I think it was an NHL game. Uh, someone got a dog to play fetch on the ice. Uh, very nice. Oh, I love That's it. Wholesome. Very nice. Yeah. I haven't seen a dog at a football match for ages. By the way, they used to happen all the time. Oh, yes, no. it's, it's very much like Bolivia and Peru. You see it nowadays. Yeah, it's South America yeah. hotbed now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's more cats. Security's cats terrible. are more the ones who get the run out in the Premier League, I think. Because there was that one in the Wolves yeah. pitch. How long ago is that now? Two, two years. One at Goodison as well, I think. Mm. Oh yeah, is that a, that's a specific local cat though, isn't it? I wonder when they move stadiums <laughs> that was, if that, that cat will know where to go. That was Neville Southall. 
<laughs> a specific local cat, like the other one travelled like Dick Whittington with like a little <laughs> stick and yeah, blue speedos on. Shoulder. I'm concerned about <laughs> yeah. that, that local Goodison cat because isn't it the deal that cats don't like to move home and obviously they've got their new stadium, whatever it is, 52,000 seater stadium. All right, all very nice, Everton, but uh, your cat's not going to... Won't someone think of the cats, yeah. Yeah, Won't your cat's not going to know what know what to do with itself it's not gonna know where to go anyway Liverpool have been on to Budapest to win to beat to reinstall their 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 quality as a top tier team they beat Leipzig 2-0 uh, Mane and Salah both getting on the score sheet ah it's a decent performance this is more like the Liverpool we expect I would say Luke yeah, and Liverpool are a team that define themselves by Europe, right? So um, it felt to me massively like it was a nice departure from them, for them, a chance to reset, you know, tap into that tradition. Um, it seemed like they relished it. Um, and, and I wonder, actually, because Leipzig are a good... We know Leipzig are a good team. Anyone listening to this show will know that... Um, or listening to our other show on the continent will know that Leipzig are you know, decent. And, of course, they're managed by you know, probably <laughs> the most in-demand young coach in Europe... And Liverpool were able to beat them, you know, pretty handily. Okay, it came down to a mistake or two, and 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 all the rest of it. But it was a difficult situation. They were playing in an unfamiliar environment, and they won pretty easily. So I wonder if that will be a catalyst for them. Um, but on the other hand, you wonder whether Liverpool are just coming to the end of the road as this team because hmm. they've been together for quite a long time. And and you know, I was I was going back over some of the big games they've had as as part of this current iteration. You go back to the team that played the Champions League final almost two years ago, it's practically the same team. You know, mm-hmm. you go back to the 2018 Champions League final, and with the exception of Lovren and the keeper, they could field that same team now. So it's been a long old hop for this squad. So I wonder if this is kind of, if this will stimulate them, this will become a catalyst for them, in a, in a, in a, in a, as I've said, in a tournament that they identify with, or whether they were seeing the last kind of um, spasms, if you like, of a, of, a great, of a great side. And it's been difficult for them because, of course, Lovren's the best defender in, in Europe. What did you make of it? Still now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what did you make of it, Pete? I, I particularly liked um, Peter Galashi getting his head tangled in the net after he flung himself off <laughs> that, that Andy Robertson massive long-range strike. So undignified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. But I think it was probably quite refreshing for Klopp to be able to play a side so eager to, to give Liverpool a game, which doesn't happen in the Premier League all the time. Ah, they really pressurised. Yeah the full-backs and, and obviously lost the game quite handsomely in the end but yeah like Klopp after, after the uh, after the match he said everyone was waiting for us to slip and we didn't Klopp is finally getting that big British club mentality that everyone is against you yeah. everyone hates you and uh, yeah but Alisson's head was back on Robertson uh, attempted a, a lovely lob you don't see enough of those kind of raked mm. driven lobs anymore where the keeper's not even that far off his line I really wish that had gone in because I want to see more of those Oh, it yeah. was so close, wasn't it? And it was off the back mm. of Mane, sort of backheeling it to Firmino mm. as well, which in, was in a not dissimilar way to the manner that Firmino set up Salah in the defeat to Leicester <laughs> at the weekend. So, I, would, I mean, it's cool, right? But I wonder if, yeah. you know, that's the answer to why Liverpool have had their form dropping off a bit of late. They've just been working on that one particular... <laughs> well, I've nailed it now. They'll retain their uh, position at the top of the Premier League. I, I thought maybe... I thought that... My, my, the key for Alisson, in my opinion, was that all too often he's dressed head to toe in black. And I think it's getting him down. And last night he was dressed in yellow. It's resplendent yellow, a lovely custard yellow. Yeah. And he seemed a lot more positive. Come out the goth shadow, Alison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the evil Alison you want yeah. to get rid of. <laughs> yeah, he's like the sunshine. You know, we all need a bit more sunshine at the moment in particular. Perhaps he's radiating out that level of, mm. of sunny joy. 
No, I like it. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's right. And I also think that, um, just to expound the Leipzig point, Leipzig of, of, of I mean, Nagelsmann, although he was wearing a disappointingly oh, yeah. conservative outfit last night. What's with night? the shiny Probably... bits on the top of the jacket, though? Is that, is oh, that there's fashion? There's always a nod. There's always a nod, <laughs> isn't there? You think, hang on, he's dressed sensibly today. Oh, there's always a little nod. He's, he's saying to you, you and I both know what I'm capable of. He's a little taster. <laughs> a little taste of the biscuit. Wait for leg number two. Um, but anyway, he he um he he's able to tactically out outwit a lot of other top managers. I mean, I've seen Leipzig school um, English teams in Europe yeah, before. Like, yeah, and I've been I in the stadium to. when it's happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's happened. So I mean, it was a, it was a good result for Liverpool, given that they do still have these injuries problems. Doing that, they still have Henderson at centre back, which I think, and a lot of people think, seeds a lot of control of the game. Mm. They do have inexperienced players, you know, playing in the case of. You know, players like Curtis Jones and who was excellent. And one by the two way. others. He was he was decent. Yeah, he obviously got his assist as well. So it's a good result for them. I don't think we can stress that enough. I, going back to the the the, uh, the goalkeeper getting stuck in the net, I, I just feel really <laughs> sorry for him. I, I just feel like he shouldn't have to deal with that. He's already got enough on his plate. We've got goal line like, technology. Why do we need nets anymore? <laughs> There's how, nobody how in the stadium. How long do you reckon it felt to him to get out of that net? It probably felt like it was about two hours. Like time just moves so Bring slowly when you're in that kind of position. They didn't yeah. really show it in the replay either. It was almost as though like they like no. cut away as quickly as they could. Don't do that to him. You spent. You you sp- his kids are watching. Oh, you speak about goal line technology, actually, uh, Pete. They could have done with Liverpool. Could have done with a bit more technology on this game. Uh, I think it's right to say because that's. When the ball was played back over the line, it didn't mm. seem to be completely over the line. When Mane, do you remember about half an hour in when Mane yeah. played it back from Firmino to back. score, but it was disallowed. Yeah, um, I, I, only, I only saw one. I only saw it live, and I didn't watch a replay because I uh, refused to re-referee matches, uh, and I thought it was over the line. So because <laughs> Pete's so, a professional referee himself, yeah, I'm a professional so referee myself, do it again so. his own time. But it has to be completely <laughs> yeah. fully over the lines, doesn't it? And, it? and maybe maybe this is a moment for goal. Like we need goal line technology all the way around the stadium. Yeah, uh, I mean. Like, why can't Why we do that? Why can't we do that? I think they're scared to. I mean, it sounds ironic now, given that what, we've, what, we're, what we're currently living through. <laughs> but they, 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 I think they were kind of. If I remember rightly, they were they were kind of reticent to make it about everything. Just it was just about key moments, wasn't yeah. it? And I think when the, when the goal line thing worked quite well, that gave the authorities like a lot of confidence. But I mean, mm. I was I was championing, and, and people <laughs> will think I'm ashamed of this, but I'm not, and I'm actually going to re up it now. Um, when when the VI, when the VAR discussion was being um, had, Pete, I don't know if you remember, and I, I was championing a referee in each half. I was championing one referee in one half, <laughs> one referee in the other, mm. to make it more to make it easier for the referees because they put referees, didn't they, for a short period of time behind each goal in European yeah. football. Yeah. Mm. And they seemed to be pretty happy with that. And everyone was saying, what do they do? What do they do? Completely missing the point that they were just pressing a button for the referee. And from that distance, you can't see a button being pressed. So it's not, they're <laughs> standing there doing nothing. Um, but I thought a referee in each half would work better. But, you know, um, that fell on deaf ears, Kate. And, you know, and we, and we, so and many we live and learn. so many things do. It's, unc- it's unfairly. <laughs> with me, they do. It's we're mad. listening. But, I mean, I think actually it would be more like to get rid of referees altogether rather than to have more wouldn't it if you if you had all of the girls because actually apparently it, I know you hate tennis obviously because it's so upper middle class but um, <laughs> supposedly, supposedly uh, Wimbledon as in the tennis tournament are looking to just have no line judges at all this coming yeah. tournament because you know it's all quite crowded in and they've used Hawkeye and they, they think they could do it without potentially without line who's judges that, in who's the, that in Aussie bloke going to shout at how are we going to yeah, get those exactly. famous McEnroe yeah. moments 
He's going to throw his racket at. <laughs> the the game's crowd, gone. hopefully. That's what they say about... Yeah. <laughs> I was really surprised to read that Mo Salah has scored the second most goals in all competitions this season behind right. Robert Lewandowski. So, you know, because you feel like you get drawn into this narrative that like everything's going to shit for Liverpool and yet they've still got yeah. a player like that putting goals like that away constantly. Yeah, he's got 24, 24. goals, I think, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah. And that's the hallmark of your really top quality player where they just quietly go about their business and almost desensitise you to how much input they're having. Mm. Um Something that, like, um, you know, obviously Messi and Ronaldo have done for years, where you know you look at you look at like Messi one season scoring thirty-two goals, and you think, oh yes, right. I mean, most other players won't score thirty-two goals in a season in their entire career. <laughs> um, but so the fact that Salah started to do that, I think, is probably a really good sign for him. Yeah, I assume afterwards that Des Kelly was in a box for the post-match just as a result of travel restrictions, was he, or has he just finally got away from Klopp? I mean, he's always in a box. Um, that's how it works with Des. He needs to be preserved at all costs. He's got perfect hair and makeup. They travel him around in a Perspex box like David Blaine above the Thames. And we have to make sure that he is protected at all costs. Peter, I don't know if you've got any more information on that, but I believe it's a bulletproof Perspex. It is, yes. And it's got its own oxygen supply like the um, limousine yeah. that uh, presidents drive around in. Does, <laughs> does he break out at the end? Is it a sort of Houdini thing or is it... He's just hermetically sealed in there. No, it's all it's all done. Um, it's all done hermetically. Yeah, he's he's, uh, he's actually in the, he'd be in his box now, his perspex box. Um, probably having a little lie in this morning after working hard <laughs> last night. Uh, lying sort of horizontal in a hotel bed in perspex, like um, when you see the the body of Lenin. Yeah, or Uda Hussein's bed in Saddam Hussein's yeah. mansion. <laughs> That's what his bed looks like. Yeah. Any more questions, Kate? Or can yeah. we talk about Barcelona PSG now? <laughs> I think we need to get to Lionel Messi's hermetically sealed box as well. Yes, let's talk about that game. What a good one. PSG 4, Barcelona 1 in the end at the new Camp. Uh, Messi opens the scoring with a penalty after De Jong fouled in the box. And then Kylian Mbappe with a, a wildly professional hat-trick, I think we can call it. Plus a lovely-headed goal for Moyes Keane as well. So, guys... Barcelona, right? They fired Kike Setian after the 8-2 quarterfinal defeat to Bayern Munich in the Champions League, yes. And then there was all this sort of not facts faxing, which we'll come on to from the Messi. The corner. bureau facts. The bureau facts. Use, you have a bit of respect. I use the term. Now, as, as Pete and I discussed on Monday, yeah, Pete, my maths is quite poor, but I would say that a 4-1 defeat is neither half as bad nor equally bad. What, mm. what level of bad is would you say it is for Barcelona, leaving aside the fact that PSG were excellent? Well, it depends on how full your cup is, I suppose. Some people are <laughs> half full, some people are half empty kind of guys, but um, either way, oh. it's full of messy tears. <laughs> you are definitely half empty, Pete, by the way, can I say? I've known you long enough. <laughs> At to this know, time in the morning, you yeah. are definitely. <laughs> I'm still in my onesie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was a real changing of the guard vibes about the last night's game, didn't you? <laughs> Mm. Haven't haven't we seen this so many times with Barcelona though? When they get absolutely pumped, it's like oh, changing the game. No, they're still good. They're still quite good. No, but the difference the difference now is I think they actually might be quite shit. I yeah. mean, whisper it. I mean, Brassel <laughs> will tell you. Uh, but I think they actually might be quite shit now. Yeah. And the fact that you know, I mean, obviously the fact that there's no fans makes a huge difference because you can you can probably get into some kind of existential or philosophical type discussion about whether it can be a truly iconic moment when you haven't got all the fans behind you and all the camera mm. shots and reacting to all the events. But if you put that to one side, 
the fact that Mbappe's gone to Messi's house. Messi's house. Right? <laughs> the man the man earlier this week or the week before was saying, Messi was saying, I can't have a say in who I prefer for the pre- new president of Barcelona to be because um, people already say that I run the club anyway and it'll be a bad look for me. And he actually <laughs> said that. So it's his house, right? And Mbappe's come in and he's, you know, he's opened the cupboards. He's helped himself. He's made himself a lovely meal. He's, he's got the nice wine out of the rack. Not even the right, not even the wine on the side. He's got out the rack. Mm. He's taken the, the, the shrink wrap off it, and he's poured himself a whole bottle of wine. He's had a lovely time. He's put his feet up. He's not even taken his shoes off, and he's left and not shut the door behind him. That's what he's done in Messi's house. And for me, it's changing of the guard stuff. He's tried all three balls of porridge, and now he's asleep on the ottoman. <laughs> Who's the big bear? Who's the big bear that comes? Oh, I don't in? know. Who's Daddy Bear? PK. Gerard PK is. <laughs> he nearly ended up with a net. Did you see PK losing his absolute shit at Griezmann just before half time? I think it was. I now look. Yeah. I don't know that. I'm my Spanish isn't. Well, it doesn't exist, or whatever language yeah. it was that they were shouting in. But yeah, mm. uh, many wiser people than me seem to it think was, they were calling uh, each other motherfuckers. <laughs> oh right. Oh, were they really? <laughs> do you think? Do you think that? Not, do you think that non-football people like us read too much into the arguments between? Football players. I don't know. I'll send the clip round. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to see it. Like, I'm not a pro footballer, but I'm fairly certain that I annoy myself when I play fives or elevens or whatever because yeah. I'm yeah. always singing in my head I'm always singing a song that I can't get out of my head Jingle now bells. I imagine that footballers probably do that they probably think have I left the gas on um, what am I going to have for tea tonight all this stuff Where? what nightclub I'm going to visit tonight they've probably got so, other things on their mind so two of the um, two of the greats in football history uh, George Best and Marcus Speller uh, George <laughs> Best um says in his autobiography that he's exactly like that, Pete. He's singing in his head when he's playing. Mm. And, and Marcus Speller, do you remember Marcus once told us that he, um, he's always got Bonnie Tyler's holding out for a hero in his head when he's playing? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> he, did, he did say that one. So I'm sure that's the case. I'm sure it happens. Well, what there's, did, there's a couple of case studies right there. What did, what did, uh, what did Dembele have in his, uh, in his head when he uh, just fluffed a chance in the first half? I thought no, It wasn't have... only that either. It was always like, why is Dembele 50 yards away when the PSG are attacking again? <laughs> PK, PK probably do himself some damage. He's, come, he's been rushed back from injury anyway, and he's probably shouted himself hoarse at, one, at what's happening around him. But um, yeah, I, I, I mean, obviously we know that um, Barcelona lost 4-0 in Paris before, didn't they? And then won 6-1 on the return leg to so go through. Fine. The famous la- it'll be remontada. fine. Remontada. But I mean, last game, the last game was at home though, wasn't it, last night? So I mean, <clears throat> it's going to be it's going to be difficult. I, I, I personally found it, I mean, the game, by the way, was of amazing quality. Yeah. I mean, it was, speaking of what we spoke about earlier in terms of a departure from the, the, kind, the kind of drudgery of, of watching league football every every other day, the game last night, was it was like it was played on fast forward. It oh, was unbelievable. That's a really good way of describing it. Like, Di Maria and, and Neymar out and, and they were just still so bloody quick. Not even in transition, they were just absolutely just putting Barcelona to the sword. It was just, I, I just love the fact when, when Mbappe gets in front of the goal for the first one and Ter Stegen, you know, he's there, he's the keeper. He possibly could save that. He possibly could stop that. But And, and he, in his head, he must have thought, I've got a chance to block this because I am, after all, a goalkeeper standing in between Kylian Mbappe and the goal. But Mbappe just goes, nah, I'm going to absolutely clout this fucker. And he does. Wow. One of the things I'd say about Mbappe as well is that 
he obviously in body he is like extraordinarily fast like mm. extraordinarily fast and like I said he was a massive part of the reason why the game looked like it was being played on fast forward particularly that final goal he scored where they, they must have gone from one end of the pitch to the other in about five seconds <laughs> but he's also the two other things I noticed about him He's obviously so quick in his mind. He knows what he's going to do before he's even done it all the time. And secondly, he doesn't seem to overplay too much. Doesn't In the big games that I've seen him in, and I wouldn't be someone who watches football, French football as much as, as some others, and I understand perhaps you know it's probably fair to say that in league and he's not up against that much that often, mm. but he doesn't seem to overplay that much. He doesn't seem to take more touches than he needs. And a good example would be that fourth goal, his hat-trick goal last night. You can see what he's going to do straight away. He's already opened his body up before the ball comes out to him. Doesn't take a touch to set himself. Doesn't give the goalkeeper a chance. First time, bends it into the far corner um, with such accuracy and whip. And I just think, I mean, to me, it felt like, like I say, that the baton's been handed over now, like um, in the final leg of a four by 100 metre relay, Kate. Posh people like athletics as well, right? So you know what I mean by that. Yeah, I always used to have to run fourth at school. It was a nightmare. Did you? Anchor leg? Sometimes the other three had, had... Everyone else had finished, and I had to run my leg. <laughs> that was how crap our team was. The anchor leg is big potatoes. That's you must have been well respected yeah. among your sprinting peers. Oh, thank you very much. So, <laughs> but enough about a great athlete. Kylian Mbappe is only the third player to score a Champions League hat trick against Barcelona after Aspria and Shevchenko. That was both in 1997. Oh. But on that note about Great Leo company. Messi, do we have to... I suppose we should pay testament to him. And of course, this will be something you guys uh, can listen to on On the Continent, which is out on Thursday on Football Ramble Presents. Don't forget about that. But Messi has scored in the Champions League in each calendar year since 2005. So that's a run of at least one goal in 17 consecutive years. Could we be mm. seeing the last one? Yeah. Whoa. 16th, is it the 16th? I read it was the 16th consecutive Champions League season. 17 consecutive is, years though, yeah. Yeah, which is, which is again, absolutely in, in, in extraordinary. I also really like that, um, <laughs> that Moise Keane scored his third goal in the Champions League this season uh, because one of my most cherished memories of the player is being subbed for a sub by Big Duncan Ferguson after about 20 minutes for Everton (laughs) and I just think sometimes football's so weird and you can say the same thing with Eric Maxim Chupomoting as well who you know you see him clogging around for Stoke and then all of a sudden he's doing what he's doing and I also really want to add that um, Joe Cole didn't even bother trying to say La Masia last night just started calling Barcelona's famed academy uh, Masala Joe Cole's our most European-style footballer, isn't he? I know, exactly. He's so so creative. Andy Brassel does a great line on how Joe Cole started dressing like Rudy Garcia when he was at Lille with a beret (laughs) and uh, and all sorts. (laughs) He's very very urbane, Joe Cole, when he feels like it. Uh, Yeah, lovely to see Keane score. I I really enjoyed it as well, that, that kind of header into the ground. Uh, send it past mm-hmm. Ter Stegen absolutely flailing about the place so yeah first leg only but played like a final 4-1 PSG against Barcelona and Luke Moore has defined it the changing of the guards alright we'll have plenty more for you after this oh dear look at these keepers Yes, welcome back to the Football Ramble with me, Luke and Pete in your ears today. Lovely to have you with us. Let's hear some of these. Just in the show at Right now, so Peter, this are Andy Luke. Oh my goodness, can read. 
this email is from Fetsy. Let me paint a picture for you. You are a 19-year-old failed musician who also tried his hand at professional football. Fortunately, you are the son of a filthy rich businesswoman and reality TV star. After a few failed attempts at football, do you give up? Try another gig, maybe? Try music again, for example. No, you don't. Instead, you get your mother to buy yourself a football club in the second tier, name yourself chairman, <laughs> sign yourself as a player, and take the number 10 jersey. That's a story of uh, Andil Mapisane. Uh, Mapisane. It's just Pisane, isn't it? You smell like that. Yeah, Pisane. Pisane, I think. Pisane. Whose mother, Sean uh, McKeezy, uh, bought Glad Africa Championship Club Real Kings and uh, named it Royal AMFC, as in Royal and Oh, my goodness. FC, and named her 19 year old son chairman. And he's now effectively uh, made himself the star player of the team. What a legend. I will tell you, you have to Google this guy. Check out his Instagram. He's posted a picture, a, a video rather, of him coming on the field to play a bit of football, uh, professional football, in the second division. And he, um, yeah, he, he, he's terrible. He's awful. And he's he's putting <laughs> awful clips of himself on his own Instagram and saying, hey, everyone, look at this. <laughs> look at Sorry, me. Sorry, is it, is, it, is it the lack of curation you're angry about? <laughs> well, I just, he, he must have had better like chances or touches than the one he put on Instagram, but clearly not. Yeah, that is some length. That that's the co- Pete. Is it fair to say? I don't want to be unfair here, but if you became a multi multi millionaire, I can see you doing this on a whim over a weekend. Yeah, but no, but I, I would hate to let all of the other players down. I mean, anybody else in that league must be looking at that team and going, "Well, we can sign every last one of those players because I imagine none of them want to be involved in this absolute clown show." Sure, right, I'll do it on my own. I'll do it on my own. <laughs> <laughs> but he's but he's he's put himself in the midfield kit. I quite like the fact that he's not like gone for like a striking berth. Yeah, so I he think, thinks he can I hold the whole pathetic. thing together. What? Why, yeah. Luke? Put yourself up front. If you're going to do it, don't throw out the final hurdle. Put yourself up front on, and on penalties and make yourself captain. That's what I would do. Well, if you're chairman, you don't really need to be captain, do you? You can just pick true. everything. I like That's it. True. I like it. It's for me. I think I like also the idea that he's a confidence player. So he's posting that. Like you said, Pete, the, the clip of him is not great on socials, is it? Mm. I thought he might be recognising that he's shit, but I don't think he is. I'd be absolutely stunned if that was the case. <laughs> I mean, he's he's decided to go through with it. I mean, yeah. I don't know whose idea it was, but even if it was his mother's idea, he's decided <laughs> to go through with it. He's not got any shame, obviously. So, I mean, who knows what's going on? I'd like to see it happen in this country. Yes, yes, let me make me that too. absolutely clear. Yeah. I'd like to see it happen, maybe every, one team in the league, every division. The Royal Pete uh, Donaldson Mariners. Abramovich. It's not, it's not, Abramovich it's not up, up top. It's not hugely dissimilar to what's, what's happening with um, Sheffield United <laughs> <laughs> this season. I'm only joking. I'm only saying that because assistant producer Finn's a Sheffield United fan. <laughs> Little, dig. Little dig. I like it a lot. Any more digs, send them our way. Show at footballramble.com or you can, of course, tweet us at footballramble. Now, we wanted to spend a bit of time on James McLean today because I think one slight positive can we say of the increased attention that everyone the abuse that everyone connected with football has been receiving on social media has been getting is that some people like James who've been suffering with this for many years are now being heard more broadly when they're when they're calling it to attention and are now more part of the conversation the abuse that McLean receives is not racist he's a white Irishman in case you don't know him um but it's basically xenophobic and it's connected to his stance on on not wearing a poppy and on monday night his wife released a pretty troubling statement expressing the terror that she'd felt about one piece of particular abuse where someone messaged him saying that he would take a gun to sunderland's game in fulham in 2012 after mclean first 
uh, refuse to wear a poppy. Um, I think this is something that, well, I've talked about this a bit on social media. I feel like um, death threats is basically the most basic way of determining that, oh, right, this is a really bad and monstrous <laughs> set of messages. But yeah. what frightens me more is that, that it's the kind of underlying emotion um, and the quantity of it out there that's just so oppressive and, and disgusting, basically. We spoke, we spoke about it on Book Club with Anne Tunkus this, this week, actually, guys. Um, and I have a bit of personal experience of this, and it's threats, whether they're realistic or not. They basically mm. have a life-limiting impact on the recipients. And anyway, I, I think the perpetrators should get a criminal record every time. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think the, 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 I mean, obviously we, we've been hearing that there's, um, we've got like a football hate crime officer uh, that's been, that, that, that was appointed at the start of February. I mean, li- little bit too late, you'd probably argue, but um, I do think the job is kind of too big for, for, for even uh, law enforcement at this point. Like you, you have to look at the, the, the ways that people can get in touch, the, the, the social media companies. And, and, you know, we say this again and again, like it's not, Ideal. It's not an ideal situation, but social media companies have to take more responsibility for for, for what for what they're um, bringing. You don't blame the postman for delivering like a letter, an abusive letter, but if it's a postcard if, uh, that everyone can see, written in a big sharpie, and you deliver one every hour of the day, like social media companies are complicit. If if a guest comes on our show and libels someone. You know, we're we're the ones that are probably going to be in the dock for it because we allowed that to to to, to be delivered, and and it it should it should never have have got to this. It should never have got to this point where where people can can do this stuff. It's 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 insan- insanity. Yeah, I think on on the more, I mean, because obviously, just to be more specific about <clears throat> James McLean, uh, because that's obviously the mm. the prison that we're talking about this through at the moment. Um, you know, I find it absolutely baffling and extraordinary, actually. The, the amount of abuse of abuse he gets, which is, as you've rightly said, Kate, all all um, drill down into the idea that he doesn't wear a poppy, right? Yeah. Wearing a poppy is a personal choice, okay? It's called Remembrance Day for a reason. It's about the memory of people who lost their lives in conflict. You know, up until I think about 2011, the messaging on the poppy or the messaging around Remembrance Day was the motto, never again. The whole point of it was to learn from what's gone on in the past, the unimaginable bloodshed and... and um, and loss of life, particularly in the Great War, but also in conflict since then. And the idea that it's now been co-opted by some kind of like crypto-nationalist right-wing political agenda where if you don't wear it, you don't love your country or you're not patriotic or... you know, you know, there's a long, quite dark history about people being made to wear labels and having no choice to do so, um, and it's kind of like, it's kind of rooted in the mid 20th century fascism. Mm. And so it's not there's no shortage of irony there when people kind of insist upon it. It's a personal choice. He doesn't want to wear it for entirely legitimate reasons. It's his own decision to do so, and he should be able to. Needless, what well, should be needless to say, he should be able to go about his business and do his job. Um, at the same time, um, and, and, and also, you know, do, do, do you think Luke, that we should reassess what the poppy means in twenty twenty one? I, I, I well, it's, been, I, it's been co-opted. Like you said, it, it should be a commemoration and, and, and gratitude for the men and women who lost their lives uh, over the two wars and, and beyond. But like the, the, the how the, the quiet nobility, nobility of these like disabled veterans down in Richmond make putting together these these poppies every year yeah. just gets turned in every fucking November just gets turned at this nationalistic circle jerk, the Captain Tom JPEG fucking 
pan-smashing flag fuckers. Every single yeah. November, we just get this fucking nonsense. It's funny how paying your taxes is never a mark of patriotism. That's never <laughs> yeah, part right. of it, is it? So we got these fucking yeah. we got these um, uh, journalists and, and and politicians saying it's a disgrace that th- this person doesn't wear a poppy and that person doesn't wear a poppy. It doesn't stand what it used to. It doesn't stand for what we think it does anymore. It it's it, it's it's I've stopped wearing it. It's 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 it's, it's tokenistic it, at best. It's, remem- it's, it's called Remembrance Day for a reason, right? Um, and as I say, it's been it's been co-opted. So, look, I think there's a more broad point which Pete is absolutely right about. And and Kate, you've talked about it very articulately in the past as well. If you don't mind me saying, uh, it, you know, social media people start take need to start taking responsibility. The people who run these companies because that's the vehicle that's being used for, and they are curating content. I've said it before. They're not just a platform. They're not just um, a uh, town hall. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're 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 curating content. I mean, they're funneling people. At their worst, in Facebook's case, they're funneling people into extreme right-wing uh, groups and encouraging them to be members of them. So, you know, there, there has to be something done on that front. But ultimately, it's about education as well, right? It's about uh, finding out and drilling down into why people feel this way and why they're so easily able to be persuaded to hold these quite, um, you know, quite, um, rep- actually quite repulsive views. So um, that's how I see it anyway. I feel sorry for James McLean. I, I was moved by the statement his wife made. I thought it was awful. He is, you know, a man who deserves to go about his business and do his job without fear or favour of, of this kind of stuff. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually, Luke. And, and something, I guess, broadly connected. And I suppose I was trying to put some sort of posit- slight positive perspective on it, which is that as a result of a lot of the conversations around Black Lives Matter um, and and this online hate concept has been brought more out into the open. And I think people are, are finding that they are more able and better supported to talk about these things. Because James McLean, of course, says, you know, he's been experiencing this since he moved to England, which, by the way, is a place that he lives in because he likes England and the English and it's not some sort of uh, you know wants to bring it down but but it's also you know things that uh, I guess colleagues of I like Matt Lawton the Times sports correspondent I was just reading this morning actually has has been sent shit for saying some stuff about um literal physical shit uh for saying oh right uh, yeah for saying um stuff about some racism that he reported on about among some Brentford fans last month um and uh, yeah people think that counts as him grassing on the fans so <laughs> it's just absolutely ridiculous. I've, I've, yeah, do you know what? I think I know we need to move on, but just very, very briefly, I, 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 I have come to because I, I was pretty keen for this this idea of people need to register their accounts and not be anonymous, and mm. and I think it was Vish who had a different opinion on that to me, or someone did anyway. And, I, and it made me think again, and I kind of understand the other side of it on that front. But I, I'm getting to the point now where I'm thinking probably the only thing that might start to stop this is just a lot of like a lot of well liked popular people coming off social media for a sustained mm. amount of time to force their hand because there's no way social media is going to go anywhere but it might it might force them into a decision i was, I was thinking maybe that when i was preparing for the show this morning i was thinking that maybe that might be the answer but turn off know, the who internet. Knows? I, I, I just think it's awful <laughs> just turn and you know how much i love the internet luke you turn know how off. much yeah. i've been just turn it off it was a mistake I have to pay for a radio antenna, Pete. <laughs> it's going to make uh, making this show quite difficult, guys. I don't know if we necessarily yeah. need to go, to, go back to pirate radio, get a little ship out in the Sorry, uh, just the to clarify, Lawton didn't himself receive the excrement, one of his sources did. So I don't want people saying oh. I, I, I've added to that. But yeah, anyway, um, it's, it's 
yeah, appreciate having the conversation about this. And um, yeah, well, sometimes it, we yeah we like to have fun, but sometimes you got to got to cover these things, right? It's important. It's important because it literally happens every fucking weekend, and it's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? exactly. So if we ignore, I think we said before, if the the week that we do we ignore stuff and we, we ignore these stories is the week that the that the bullshit has won. So you become yeah, complicit. Yeah. Sorry yes. if we sound like we're repeating ourselves, but unfortunately we have to do to. more and 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 tedious people need to just stop. If they Instagram find it tedious, yeah. we could always just do a bit more on VAR. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, what we can do now is get into is get into Norwich because what I I read is that they're putting their uh, their parachute payments to good use because they've basically built something that looks to me like feet. Not that good FIFA in a circle. In fact, in fact Finn, <laughs> Finn, Finn said it looks like FIFA on a fence, doesn't it, basically? Yeah, so it's, it's, fence, it's, yeah. It's, it's this thing called the Soccerbot 360, which, by the way... <laughs> Come give on. it its football term. <laughs> Perfect. It's got to be, that's either got to have been named by someone whose English isn't their first language, which I think might be the case. I think it might be Homer a German Simpson. invention. Yeah, or Homer Simpson, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Finn, we asked Finn, or Finn just decided that he would describe it for us in the running order, and he wrote the following. I'm just going to read it verbatim. <laughs> It's a circular pitch surrounded by video walls onto which projectors beam simulations of various match scenarios <laughs> to which players have to react. It basically looks like FIFA 98 on a fence. <laughs> <laughs> it costs 750 grand. You can simulate bits from different Pete? games, as I understand it. Although on one of the key images, Luke, I don't know if you saw, it just had a whole load of trees projected onto it. So I don't know what I don't know what I game saw that, that as well. Is. The forest, trying to get the forest cash. Right. Yeah, first, first, yeah. first of all, Pete is going to definitely buy one, which I look forward to having a go on. Secondly, I saw the trees and was confused. Mm. Nottingham Forest makes perfect sense. It's hard to find the but, wood in them, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it can be. Chris Wood. Chris Wood would be a bit <laughs> mark for Chris Wood in that situation. <laughs> uh, but the, the other thing is that um, I don't know, Pete, and you, you're the tech guy here, so you could tell me, why can't they just do VI, VR goggles for that kind of stuff and, and kind of make it a little bit more convenient? Um, because I guess you'd have a lot of players vomiting up due to motion sickness. It's oh, not really? for everyone okay. VR. Is it still but... that bad for that, is it? Oh, uh, it's, it's, that it's for a lot so of much people. Now. When did you yeah, it's, it's getting VR better. Goggles? Well, I bought Google's a pair. For, I bought a VR. set of. Uh, I bought a set from Cash Converters about five years ago, and I've, I've not been back <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I sold them back to Cash Converters as well. <laughs> the scene is so typically people. I know, right? But but I am struck. I'm. I went on the. I found the Soccerbot 360 YouTube page uh, and yeah. checked out the, the the current iteration of, of the software and hardware. And I am struggling to see how like a couple of Xbox Connect cameras and a bedsheet couldn't do the same thing. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah. It looks a bit janky and jerky and slow. Yeah. But this could have been the thing. But look, I'm not going to cast aspersions on it. Well, presumably, it's a fine piece of tech, but it looks very. Uh, it, it looks like they've made a lot of money at 750k when it comes to how quick everything seems to be running. I like the graphics seem a little slow for me. Um, yeah. but, but I'm just, I'm just saying. Look, this could have been the thing that that, that, that saved Kevin King's soccer circus up in yes. Glasgow. <laughs> well, Norwich should and be applauded, right? It. Because this is symptomatic yeah. of them trying to invest their money into things that they can use forever rather than just spuffing it all on players. This is, a, I'm led to believe by the Financial Times, no less, that Delia is very fully engaged and involved in the purchase of said FIFA mock-up. So, right. I mean, that opens a lot of questions to me, I mean, I, which we I probably mean, don't to, have time for. <laughs> to, to pick up on what Jim was saying yesterday, I mean, the David Moyes using it as a harvester of souls. It will turn into some kind of Resident Evil if, if, if David Moyes gets hold of it at West Ham. It'll be... It'll be you know, the undead stalking around behind the trees and you have to <laughs> hit, knock their heads off with footballs. But the, one thing I would say about this is that 
there was this thing, and we talked about it years ago on the Ramble, uh. called the Football Nought at Dortmund, yeah. right? And I'm sure other teams have got them now. And if you haven't seen the Football Nought, I I, uh, I recommend you um you you Google or YouTube that because what it is is the player stands in the middle in this circle, and he's surrounded by four walls that go quite high, and they've got little almost like gigantic pigeonholes in them. Right. And at any point, one of the squares will light up and a ball will come flying out of it and you've got to control it and put it back into another lit up square. Oh. Ah. And you've got to do it in this time... In, 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 in the agreed time. It's like a glory hole. It looks hole. absolutely amazing. And I, <laughs> it's nothing Sagan like P, a glory hole. Don't say that. That's not what he said. He didn't <laughs> oh, no. say it. It is. It's like a, Anything it's like can a pop multi- out. It's like a multiple footballing glory hole, right? How big? And, and it's, a foot, it's the size of a football, Pete. Bloody hell. Wow. <laughs> some, some of us need room to manoeuvre. Oh, so, sometimes they're not glorious. Well, remember that. <laughs> sometimes there's nothing glorious about it. But anyway, this looks like an upgrade on that, and I think they like, they might have misstepped here. I think go, give me the football not or give it. me nothing. Yeah, I'm football not till I die. Football okay. not. Well, it's even more visceral. I like it. I like the football not idea. Sounds like hmm. they've got money to invest. So perhaps you should uh, just wing Delia a, a tweet and see see if she can get football. Foot, what is it called? Football not. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, football. You can nut. imagine that's how German that is, right? Yeah, pretty German. <laughs> yeah, Argonaut. This is great. Oh, it's, it's not, great. not ancient Greeks. Anyway, coming up tonight, we've got more football for you. It doesn't stop, and it'll probably be quite good as well because, as Luke said, some of this uh, this Champions League stuff is pretty tasty. So Sevilla up against Dortmund, Porto, Juventus, and there's things for you in the Premier League: Burnley, Fulham, Everton, Manchester City. Hey. Uh, Luke, Patrick Bamford has revealed that when he started asking when he, why he wasn't playing at Burnley, Dyche said that was because he'd been born with a silver spoon in his mouth. Now, Luke, mm. where where should he be keeping his silver spoon? I hate posh people as much as the next person. <laughs> if, uh, no, I'm only joking. Look, again, it's, it's Dyche. If I speak, I'm in trouble. In the words of Jose Mourinho, if I speak further, I'm in trouble. I've made my point. The evidence will be presented. I, I got tagged in that tweet about 100 times the other day. <laughs> people saying, oh, well, you never know. I'm just saying, I saw it coming. I saw it coming. You saw it coming? Yeah, I saw Dyche. I, could, I can just tell. I could, I've got this sixth sense, you know. I can tell what kind of um You know what, what he's going to do before he does be. it? Is that no, what you're I won't saying? go that far. I won't go that far. No, but I, I think. Do, do you think that Dyche came across really badly in that story? He seemed, he seemed like a dickhead. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. I just thought it was the sort of thing you might say to me. <laughs> As a fellow violinist yourself, Kate, surely you can relate to Bamford's uh, difficulties there. <laughs> did, yeah, he did. I thought come across as a bit yeah. of a dickhead, mm. Pete. Yeah, dickhead. Yeah. I'm the voice of youth. Yeah, there you go. It's a full house. It's a full house of dickheads. All right, on which note, if you're enjoying it, you'll love what's coming up on Thursday evening. Marcus, Jim and Andy are doing a live Q&A on our Patreon. They're going to be answering questions on all sorts of topics that you give to us from Sven to Dominic all the way back to, to Sven again um, we're doing these live streams every fortnight on top of all our bonus shows so get involved over at patreon.com forward slash football ramble we'd love to see you on there alright then from the full house of dickheads say goodbye Luke yeah, I will say goodbye, but I also want to say that if you are thinking about not joining that q and I did one with Vish a couple of weeks ago and it basically descended into a quite long Sri Lankan delicacy and food uh, <laughs> advice section, which was amazing. It was amazing. So I'm sure the guys will be able to deliver on that as well. So do, do check it out. And thank you very much for listening today. I'll see you next time. Say bye, Pete. Bye, Pete. Bye. On tomorrow's show, it's Marcus, it's Vish and it's Andy. See you then.
This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network. 